and so it is. Dear Shambra, welcome back to this gathering of Shambra from all over the world for our monthly time of relaxation, information, and all this energy that we bring together. It's tough work out there in the cold, in this physical reality. Tough work that each and every one of you are doing. So this is our one opportunity a month to get back together, to call in all of the energies from far and wide, to gather those from the other side who come in to join us in this safe space, in your space. Let us take a deep breath together as we start this day. We have important work to do today. Important in that we want each and every one of you to to be very, very present with us. You don't need to go floating off somewhere else today. The one next to you falls asleep, nudge them a bit. (laughs) We would like you to be present for the information that comes today because it is very much a part of your path and your journey. Information that you need to know consciously in order to continue expanding and evolving into this thing we call new energy. As we were making our final call on this side, gathering the energies for the day, with a very esteemed guests who I will announce in a moment, we were joking around with each other before this uh, show began. We were talking about how different it is now than it was with Shambra and the Shouds seven years ago, even five years ago. If you want to be able to tell how far you've come, go back and listen to one of the Shouds from the early series, the Creator series. It was wonderful information we developed together, but oh, how, how basic compared to what we're doing now. It was the foundation work that everything else has been built on, but go back and feel those energies if you listen to those shouts again. It was very chaotic. When we called for the shout to begin, it was like, um, as Linda would say, trying to herd cats. You were going here, you were going there, you were in such deep emotional trauma, or you were in such a state of numbness. The amount of work we had to do before any shout was tremendous. Now, we put out a little bit of chocolate for you, we ring the bell, and here we all are together. We have some wonderful guests today, returning once again because of the very profound work that is being done as our dear Dr. Freud. He wasn't expected to be a guest on this occasion, but with the work that he observed last month, work that you are doing, the new perspectives it is giving him about psychology and the nature of the human divine being has attracted his his attention at the deepest levels. He seems he can't get enough of Shambra. You felt him around. He's been with you in the car. 
He's been with you as you're going off to sleep, with you as you're working during the day, asking questions. What about this? What about that? Not just, how do you feel about that, but why does it work this way now? He's inquiring to you, the consciousness pioneers. He was with us during the Aspectology School that we recently conducted in the place of New Beginnings, what you call Kelowna. It was very interesting for us to observe his reactions there to this whole study of Aspectology. And it wasn't just some of you who felt a bit um, exhausted afterwards. It was Dr. Freud felt totally turned inside out. On one hand, he was so happy to see this work now coming to light. I was happy to see the personal commitment from the Chambre who showed up there to venture into this material. But it also shook him up to the core of his soul, shook him up to this understanding that there is a divine central in him. It wasn't just just the aspects. There is the purity of his personal consciousness that has no aspect that overrides the others. It just is. There is that part of his divine purity that always has been and always will be. And even though it creates these aspects and some of them get lost, fragmented, wounded, that the core is always there. It was said quite astutely by one of your human doctors as part of Shambha, Dr. Doug as you call him. Freud's work was about trying to repair the what was perceived to be the oneness where Shambha already knows you are one, you're already repaired. You don't have to go back in and try to repair this human psyche structure. It is just an aspect. Freud came to understand that he felt that the core was twisted or imbalanced, but not knowing what the core really was. So it was like taking taking a large um, mound of clay and trying to rework that with old energy analysis, trying to constantly fix it and untwist it. That mound of clay was just an aspect. At the core, the consciousness of you, it is not broken, it is not distorted, it is divine, it always has been and it always will be. It is there. Now, in this new consciousness, comes the realization that at the core, it is pure and real. But now, how do we bring all these aspects back in in a very integrated fashion? The essence of you is perfect. It's all these crazy aspects that you've created that are causing all the confusion. In our work that we will continue to do with aspectology, it is coming back to the perfect center. But it is difficult to get there, Shambra. It is difficult to get there if you have all these aspects running the house. So we bring back in Dr. Freud because of the work that he has been doing, 
because of our shout today and some of the um, important, very important issues of consciousness that we have to cover. We've also brought in the energies of Katumi. Katumi uh, said to me as I was um, getting ready to deliver, oh, he said, uh, Tobias, I, I wished I was delivering this shout today, but as it is, there are so many shamber to know, and you have so little time to go. So <laughs> you take over, Tobias. <laughs> so Katumi comes in, and you'll feel his um, slash her. I want to make a point. None of us are truly masculine or feminine. Some of you get so worried and bent out of shape at your core. You are neither masculine or feminine. Those are just aspects. We have to use some sort of human English word because there is not a word for just the simply the balanced presence. So I'll call Katumi him. Maybe I should call her her. Katumi comes in and you're going to feel his sense of lightness and humor about things because, as you know, it's so important to maintain the humor, to be able to laugh, to wipe the table of what you would call your sacred issues when you can't have a laugh about a few things, can't laugh about yourself, can't have a little laugh about the Catholics. They're great to laugh about. (laughs) (laughs) Or even the Jews. You have to be able to have a few laughs. Those are just aspects as well. St. Germain comes in as well today, seated over here in front of the um, screen with Katumi. <laughs> He's standing today. Sitting with Katumi, with Freud, he comes in because he dearly loves all of you, Shambra. He works with you very closely. He works with you and some, through some of the very difficult parts of your day. Oh, he loves to play the role of being, um, to say, high and mighty, a bit arrogant, but you and he know it's just a role. It's just to get you off of that comfort zone that, uh, that you tend to get into, off of that stuck energy. We were also talking and having a few laughs before this um, session started today. As we were sitting right over here smoking our cigars and talking about shouds and talking about Chambra. St. Germain was talking about, as he assumes this role of um, guiding um, angelic presence for Chambra after I leave, oh, he was laughing. He's going to say, he's really going to shake them up. <laughs> and he was saying something to the effect of, you ain't seen nothing yet. But he does it out of love and compassion. We also bring in a few other guests today to sit in this inner circle. There are many, many angelic beings all around the room in what we call the second circle, observing, sending you their love, of course, and their blessings, but observing what you're going through. We have the essence of our dear Chambre friend, Christine, who recently crossed over. She wanted to come here today She's always wanted to be a guest, and now I guess she has her wishes. 
She brings a message to Shambra today, to particularly those who are close to her. She wants to tell you all that the crossing over was incredibly easy. Too easy, she says. There is a point of um, what you would call of the return, in which you see you, you have this human concept right now of crossing over of of its what's it going to be like? How tragic, how frightening is it going to be? What's going to happen when you get to the other side and you create this whole death scenario is something quite scary. But actually, before you actually depart uh, the physical body, you have a type of um, conditioning, let's say, that reminds you instantly of the many, many times that you've crossed over before. You've done it a thousand or more times, so you know what it's like. This consciousness that comes back to you shortly before death actually helps you to release your body easier, overcome any of that last-minute fear. This is not like um, like going up on a roller coaster and hitting the top and saying, damn, what am I doing? <laughs> it's not like that, Chambra. It's like going up to the top of the roller coaster and saying, I've done this before, and it's so easy. Christine was more than delighted to get to this side. It's something that she's wanted to do for a number of years, but for a variety of reasons she hasn't. She felt, first of all, the extreme relief of dropping that physical body, which is one of the very first things that you will hoot and holler about also when you get here. You will be amazed at the difference it has without carrying around the physical. Christine wants to pass along that she is doing just fine. No, she did not go to the Bridge of Flowers. She specifically wants to and will continue to work with Chambra, will continue to work with those of us in the Crimson Council. She feels that she serves her purpose better by being on this side, as a number of you have experienced in the last week or so with her coming around. wasn't any trauma. Wasn't any large, sad feelings other than some of you. She is <clears throat> committed to continuing to work with Chambro, who are willing, of course, and open. And she wants to delay the walk to the Bridge of Flowers until July 18th, 2009, and has personally asked me to escort her there, which I'm delighted to do. So now you know. So, dear Shambro, these are our special guests, in addition to a number of others who are here. For those who are listening or reading right now, if you've had a young one, a loved one, a son or a daughter, a close one crossover recently, or any of your parents, brothers and sisters, immediate family, cross over since our last shout. We have invited them into this shout as well to be here so they can feel you. They can see what you're doing. They can communicate with you as they have wanted to do since they've crossed over. And they feel in this space that it is going to be easier.
for those who have had close family leave recently, please know in your heart that they are here today. They are with us. They are doing fine. So, Shambra, before we get into the um, meat of the matter today, I want to mention a few things. One, about gurus. <laughs> Guru is actually a very old energy concept, an old energy word that literally means heavy in spirituality, overly heavy in spiritual knowledge. Now, we know you don't want to be heavy. <laughs> We know you don't want to be this burdensome, overwhelming force. And I bring up gurus right now for a very good reason. In our homework last month, I asked you to tell four people, and not your dog or your cat, that you were a new consciousness teacher. did that for a very specific reason, as Kaldra said before, so you would hear it. Because so often you wonder, why am I here? Not, not me, Tobias, but you're wondering that about yourself. You ask why you are here. When you say it out loud, not just in the mirror, but to another human, it makes it real. It takes it out of the ethers where you've been keeping it and brings it here to this reality. Yes. I know you're spiritual, and you know that as well, and you're a teacher, and you're enlightened in so many ways, but you keep it out there, somewhere else, hidden away. You have your human part down here, and it connects with your, your etheric self, but you're not bringing it down to this level when you say, I am a new consciousness teacher. That part of you out there hears it. It knows it doesn't have to hide anymore. It knows it can flow into this reality, and therefore you become. Not just in another etheric level, but right here on Earth. We had you do the homework and mention this also, because obviously knowing it would bring up fear in some of you. Many of you have had a very <clears throat> bad guru experience, either being one or following one. Many of you in past lives started, I guess what you would now call a school, enlightenment schools. Many of you taught others when the teaching of this type of material in a past life was not so acceptable. You were persecuted for what you believed in. Working with your students, you had to hide. You had to have secret meetings. Many of your students betrayed you, turned you in. You ran into great conflicts with the churches and governments, which were usually one and the same, with the um, territorial forces the um, armies that were occupying the lands at the time, because they didn't want any other teachings. So when you were a guru in the past, which many, many of you were, 
you found it to be very painful. You also found that, as a guru, that it didn't end at death, that your students had become addicted to you and they followed you even after death, even if they were still on earth. Oh, and especially when they came to the other side. They came looking for you. They called you up. I'm here. Come and pick me up. <laughs> we said that for a little bit of a private joke. <laughs> so, Shambra, your experiences with gurus weren't necessarily good when you were one. Also, many of you, in, especially in the past lifetime or two, in this lifetime even, have followed gurus. You have given yourself up to some being, and you put your dreams and your hope, and you put your spirituality and your God-self in them. You've allowed them to become some sort of elevated master. And then, to your despair, so often you found out that they weren't any different than you. You actually made a better guru in a past life than they are making right now. You know guruship in and out. You know it's, it's wonderful moments, but you also know the moments that are very difficult and challenging. So you have shunned this type of thing. You have stayed away from it in particularly these recent years. We watch and listen through your consciousness sometimes when you see a guru on television or read about one and we can feel the, what you call, the negative thoughts or feelings coming through. So when we say to you, share with people who you are, it brings up the old guru issues. Either the pain of having been one or the loss of hope in having followed one. You've stayed away from this, and to that we understand. But this is different. This is a new age. It is not an age of gurus anymore. It's not an age of having followers or following someone else. You could say that it is an age of guidance and compassion. It is an age of the teachers right now encouraging the students but not doing it for them, asking them to find the answers but not giving it to them, helping them to understand what a standard is, a standard being one who has done it or is still in the process of doing it, but can show through their own example of their own human life but it's not just a theory, it's not just another dogma, it is very, very real. We've gone far beyond the time of the need for gurus. You notice in the world right now, there aren't a lot, a few, because there are still some people who need them. Some people need to put their total spiritual treasure chest into somebody else. But you, Shambra, know better. That's why it was such a challenge this last month for some of you to proclaim, I am a new energy teacher. It brought up issues of being a guru.
So let's all let that go. None of you wants to be a guru. None of you has that desire or longing to be a guru. And you're not being asked to be one either. Some of you also resist uh, this whole concept. And again, it goes back to guru worship. Because those who worship and follow gurus have incredibly high expectations of them. You don't want those expectations put on you, and rightfully so. You don't want somebody thinking you're humanly perfect, because that can never be attained. Perfection in the human state of being is a moving target. You can never be a perfect human. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> you are a perfect, sovereign being. But as you know, it's not worth the time and effort to perfect the humanity or the human part of you. It's evolving, of course. You don't want followers expecting that you're always going to say the right word and do the right thing, and much less than them thinking that you don't have to use the bathroom because you're so ascended, and all of these other things, too much of a burden on you. What we're asking, what we're reminding you of is quite different. Reminding that you came to Earth to be a guide of new consciousness. That doesn't mean that you have learned all of the answers. You could not possibly at this point. It means that you are still learning. You're still understanding. You're still coming to know who you are. But you're at the front of the pack, so to speak. You're an early adopter. You are a pioneer of consciousness. So with that, Chamber, take a deep breath. I'm going to touch briefly on feelings once again. We know we talk about this a lot. We get bored with it sometimes, but we have to keep coming back to it. Feelings are so important because they are the, how do you say, the pathway or the conduit to truly intuitive what would you call sacred, divine wisdom and knowledge. You can't go from the human mind knowledge to divine knowledge just by that one step. The process of transcending the capabilities of the mind start with feeling. St. Germain talked about feelings two months ago in the Shoud. We talked about diving in, allowing yourself to feel. He gave several examples, some that felt good, others that didn't feel so good. We're trying to get you to go beyond the mind and go beyond the barriers into feeling. We're going to remind you again and again, it's about the feeling. Now, feeling is not to be confused with emotion. Feeling is sensory awareness. It is the awareness that right now, as we are speaking, there are many, many energies present in the room. Some of you are feeling a little bit of it, but 
then your human senses and the mind come in and shut it out because it's been trained to do that ever since the Atlantean times and particularly in this lifetime. So it tries to override or stop feelings because it associates feelings, sensory awareness, with pain, sometimes with confusion, and also feelings, sensory awarenesses, are not currently quantifiable in the same way that mental activity is quantifiable. Therefore, if you can't document it, measure it, and record it, therefore, the mind says, it's not real. It is time to get back into feelings, raw feelings. Now, I know you're telling me, but that's all you've been getting this month. We'll get into that in a moment. Feelings are basically the way you allow your body to heal itself. You don't do it through the mind. And I'm going to ask you right now, any Shamba that's here, that's listening to this, that's reading this, this whole thing of, uh, what do you call, mental visualization or mental verbalization, in other words, trying to image th things in your mind or trying to say these, um, these mantras or these cute little sayings out loud, is self-deception and is trickery. And it just tells the mind that you're afraid of yourself and afraid of your true, intuitive, divine feeling nature. It just locks things up even tighter. So if you're Shambra, please do not use those tools anymore. Let them go. They perhaps served you at one point, but now we go beyond that into feelings, raw feelings, genuine feelings. We've had some Shambra that have had amazing what you call breakthroughs. And the breakthroughs aren't because the mind suddenly got smarter. Actually, you allowed the mind to step aside. So your intuitive sensory nature could come through. You've had these moments of cosmic breakthroughs and insights beyond, beyond, some of you. It was never the mind, and you know that. Any times you have these overwhelming feelings of uh, what you would call compassion, and particularly an overwhelming feeling of knowingness and intuition, has it ever come from your mind, your foot, <laughs> your left ear? It comes from genuine feelings. Feelings can be difficult to feel at times. But as you get more and more acclimated to them, and instead of resisting them, you are allowing them. You come to truly know the difference between a feeling from the outside, and there are many, a feeling from the inside, and your true self. You come to know through feelings who you really are, what is yours and what is not. So as this journey of Shambra goes forward, I remind you once again, dive in deep, feel it, experience 
experience it, know it, and then find out if it's yours or if it's coming from somewhere else. Let us get into the uh, heart of the material. I've got so far off base, I have to um, try to find my notes. And um, I believe um, Kathumi and Garrett have stolen them. So I'm completely lost here. So I have to um, go into my book and see what we're going to talk about today. I had it all neatly written out. Um, Let's see. The Zen of fly fishing, I do not think that's today's topic. That's for another group. Let's see. The the joy of cooking kosher, I, uh, I tried that one 120 years ago. That didn't work very well. Here's a strange one. It's called College Co-Ed's Florida Vacation, Triple X. I think this is Sam is on the internet, so we'll <laughs> pass over that. And um, here's an interesting one in the book. Um, this is Kathumi's What's Missing outline for his book that's coming up. Um, it says right here, oh, Calder is going to um, channel and write the book this summer. So we'll <laughs> move through that one. And here is our here is our topic for today. Let's all take a deep breath. Let's take another deep breath. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about seduction. Before we get into that, let us talk about what's happening in the world and why this energy of seduction and your, your wisdom about it and your feelings about it are so important. Approximately six months after the quantum leap, which would have placed us in the March time frame, there was a very extensive measurement of of the consciousness of Earth that was taken. Many of you are familiar with your five or ten year uh, censuses on Earth, where they go around and take a census of all the people and document all the facts and figures about human reality, human statistics. Quite the same back in the time frame of March, a very extensive measurement of human consciousness was taken to see how it evolved after the quantum leap. We had participants from the angelic realms, from the cryon in particular, from representatives of all the angelic families represented through the order of the ark. They worked with humans all over the earth, and they worked also very closely with many of the animals of earth, because the animals of earth um, are very sensitive and aware of consciousness, particularly the species that uh, many of you know and love so dearly, dogs, the dolphins, the whales, and Um, some of the select species of birds are extremely sensitive. So in this very extensive measurement of Earth, and the reason for the, the measurement, by the way, is to adjust the energies in how we serve you. It's that simple. We have to know where 
where humanity is, where the consciousness of Gaia or the earth herself is. We have to know the the consciousness of everything from different countries to the waters of earth to the plant and animal matter of earth. That way we adjust our energies coming in to serve you. When this measurement was taken, one of the biggest things we were looking at as the effects or perhaps after effects of the quantum leap. What changed at a consciousness level? Now, not necessarily what you read in the papers or what you see in your 3D world, because that comes later. But what changed in consciousness since September 2007? What we saw was something very interesting. And we're going to try to uh, explain it in terms, but we want you to experience it first. So we're going to ask you to take a deep breath and hold it for a minute. Well, actually, not a minute, just a few seconds. (laughs) You can't hold that when you're laughing. So take a deep breath. Hold it in for a moment. And then let that breath out, but keep letting it out. Let your breath out. Keep letting breath out. Keep letting it out. Empty your lungs. Keep letting it out. Keep letting it out. Now, before you die, take a deep breath again. (laughs) Now, do you feel the need? We didn't carry on too long about it. But do you feel a little bit of desperation? Do you feel that something is... Something is very wanting. It's not even comfortable to feel this. And in a sense, this is what is happening with consciousness, in a way. Let's give you another example to help you to understand. Let's say that you have a a large container of of water. Let's call it um, five gallons or 15 liters or whatever you want to say, but a large glass container filled to the top with water. This glass container represents old energy um, consciousness. The water itself is the consciousness. The container is the limitation or the energy structure put around it, holding it in but also restricting it. When the quantum leap came around, it was like sticking a tube in through that container while maintaining a very tight seal. And then the energy, the new energy as you would call it, literally was like a pump, pulling all of the water out slowly, but pulling the water out of that glass container while maintaining a very tight seal so that no air could get in. Now, If you understand even the the basics of physics, you will understand that you now create a vacuum back inside that original glass container. And to use a rather rough analogy, some of that water or some of the consciousness from the old era is now being, um, how to say, pumped away, brought out of that old glass container, leaving 
a vacuum or a void behind. Just like when you let the air out of your lungs. There was a void. There was an emptiness. That is exactly, in very unscientific terms, that is exactly what is happening on Earth right now. Consciousness is changing. It's changing as a result of the desire to change, the continual desire to expand and grow. Consciousness was held into a very limited container before, and now it is seeking grander expression outside that container. But it is creating a void and a vacuum, and it is creating some very interesting scenarios on Earth right now. If you take this analogy a little bit further along, you all understand, when you remove enough of that water that was in that glass container, at a certain point that structure has the potential of imploding, that glass vessel. Because it, there is such a vacuum inside, that it causes it to shatter. The shattering can be done in a very, what you call, dignified, in a very um, smooth fashion, or it can be done with a large amount of chaos. The consciousness of Earth right now is at a very delicate level. The balance is very very delicate. That is why there are so many angelic beings who are helping humans on every different level. Not all humans want to hear what we talk about. They have others that they listen to. They have their own way of doing it, but there are enough humans on Earth right now who understand the delicate balance between Earth human consciousness, spirituality, that they are helping to keep everything from imploding. We don't need Atlantis Part Two. Sequels are never as good as the original. <laughs> there are enough humans who came to Earth, such as you, to be here at this time to help make this a smooth transition so that when the what you call the old energy structure, that glass container we're talking about, when it does give in, it's going to meld in a very beautiful way with the new energy, the new consciousness that was all around it. That is what's happening, Shambra. What you are feeling right now, have been feeling for months, but particularly amped up this last month, is the energy of seduction. Now, I know there's a lot of translators that work on this material. You get confused with the word seduction, but it means to draw in, to lure in, to manipulate, to have what we call devious desires and unhealthy wants. We call it seduction. Seduction is all around right now. And why? Because just like when you let out your breath and kept pushing it out, 
and pushing it out and pushing it out. It creates a vacuum that wants to have something back, in this case, air. When you, when you pump out the water out of a sealed glass container, something happens within that glass called a vacuum. That vacuum wants something back in its, in its emptiness. And that is the seduction of Earth right now. Some of you who are familiar with the Sexual Energy School understand this concept. And it is not specifically the sexual energy virus. It is a cousin in a way. It's not passed, um, stolen from one individual to the other. The seduction that we have right now is on a mass consciousness level. And it is all around. You are being seduced. You can feel that energy. And you take it so personal. <laughs> you pretend that it's yours. The seduction is the emptiness of old consciousness. The seduction is the old consciousness wanting to have everything back, feeling itself being siphoned off, feeling itself being let go. And it's creating a consciousness void or vacuum. It's going out all over the earth. It's not just you. You thought all this was about you, didn't you? It's not just you. It's all over earth right now. It's, it is the old needs and wants and desires. It is the want to return to the old ways, to go back, to have itself and its old identity. Don't feel sorry for it. Because that old consciousness of Earth is fully welcome into the new energy consciousness and it will, it will join with it. But it can't dominate it. It can't separate itself from it as the Earth evolves into new consciousness. You are feeling it, <clears throat> especially in your body and your mind right now. You are feeling it in a variety of different ways. Thank you. It is a pull. It is a longing. It is something like a voice calling you back. It is, it is a magnetism. You're not always sure what it is. But I can tell you this, it is not you. You are feeling the seduction of old human consciousness. And it's everywhere right now. You're sensing it in every part of yourself. And it goes into the weakest parts of you, or the most imbalanced, and that's where you're going to feel it first. This seduction of consciousness, this void or this vacuum that's trying to reclaim itself, is being spread very quickly, very quickly, on your news. The news is seductive. I'm not saying sexy. There's a difference. <laughs> it is seductive because it draws you in. And in this case, it brings you into fear and lack when there truly is not. You've fallen victim to the seduction of lack. 
There is not a lack of food on this earth, period. And anyone that tells me otherwise, I'm going to kill them and bring them to this side so they can see. (laughs) We constantly are watching the earth. And I'd like for you to see it from our standpoint. I'd like you to talk to Christine, who's nodding her head right now, saying there is not a lack of food or the ability to grow it. Take a clue, earth and humans. Take a clue from the Israelis who know how to grow food beyond their own needs in a beautiful, efficient, and generally very, very balanced way. There is not a lack of food. There is manipulation of markets, and there is the seduction of the energy of lack, old energy had its foundation in lack, and that's how it built itself, believe it or not. The food that can be grown on this earth, and I put this out to Shambra and all who work with the energy of agriculture, and I'm not necessarily talking about manipulating the genetics of food. That's That's a cheap substitute for encouraging the energy of the seed in the ground and Gaia. It's brilliantly simple, but they're just not getting it. There's plenty to feed the world. So don't buy into that manipulation. Oil and gas, you've been seduced. Way seduced, Shambra. And you're taking it on the chin. You're falling into this belief system now about What am I going to do? How am I going to cut back? What am I going to do when they start rationing? Which they may. But you don't need to worry. You've been seduced about crime on earth. You've been seduced about conspiracies and organizations and politics and diseases and all of this other stuff and you're falling, falling, falling into it because that is the energy that's out there right now. I have to tell you, again, from our perspective, there's plenty of food. There are so many new fuel energy concepts just waiting to come in. Yes, you will get off of gasoline and oil in this lifetime. There will be major transition. But the seduction tells you that oil will run out, and then what are you going to do? If you start building underground shelters and any of that other stuff, St. Germain is going to have to have a long (laughs) session with you, because you're being seduced. You're being seduced into thinking that, that a wide variety of things, earth is falling apart. Nothing's any good anymore. Seduction brings you back into the good old days. Have you gone there recently? Good old days. Oh, I remember when... By the way, it's not about your age. It's about consciousness and seduction. Start talking about the good old days when music used to be the best. Music has never been better than it is now. Talk about the good old days of doing this or doing that. That is seduction trying to draw you back in. Seduction is a part of 
general mass consciousness right now, but you're falling into it. Now that's the good news. It's because you feel. You're feeling the seduction. You're feeling the seduction pulling you out of you. It's pulling you out of what you know best for yourself. And it's showing up. Showing up in your life in many different ways. And it doesn't have to be. What are some of the symptoms of seduction? I actually sound quite a bit like intensified Chambre symptoms. But the number one on the list is sugar, sugar, sugar. Seduction, consciousness seduction will get you into sugar very quickly. Why? It's a cheap fix. You need something to sweeten up because you are just being ripped apart. You're taking it in your body and in your mind. So you give yourself some sugar as a temporary relief, but that's seduction because you know what happens. You feel a little bit good. You have this. Um, what, you have a fancy name for it. you call them comfort foods. They're seduction foods. <laughs> now, Shambhara, you're going to tell me, but Tobias, you say, listen to your body. That's not listening to your body when you think you have to load up with sugar. That's listening to the voice of seduction, which has made its way into you and is fooling you. Really listen to your body, not just a desire, not just this uh, seducing kind of voice. Your body knows exactly what to eat and when to eat it. But you will have this overwhelming desire for for sugar. That is perhaps the, the number one and foremost sign of all. You're going to also have a desire for, as we talk about in sexual energy school, um, foods that are overly heavy and overly processed. Now, as your body acclimates itself to new energy and high vibration, it has a general tendency to go for unrefined foods because your body loves to do its own refining. doesn't want somebody else to do it for you. It wants generally the raw food because it knows how to work with the energies that have not been pulverized and overcooked and beaten up. That's not to say that you can't eat anything, bark off the tree or anything, but but it's a sign of consciousness seduction when you are getting into these processed foods because they, like consciousness seduction, are empty. Empty. That is what the seduction is. It is. It tells you that it has something for you. It beckons you. It knows you pretty well, so it knows how to get to you. It knows how to lure you in, but it's empty, Shambra. Empty, and you know it. You know it. You've been there, but you still get fooled. Seduction energy is very empty. If you're wondering sometimes, is this just seduction? Well, ask it three times, of course. First time it'll tell you it loves you. It will make your life wonderful. There's something that is lacking in your life. It will seduce you. Ask it again and then a third time, and it admits it's empty. It has nothing. 
That's why it wants you. That's why it wants something you have. You can also tell this seduction energy is at work, particularly some of you lately. You are, you are feeling uh, effects in your jaws and in your teeth. The dental areas are getting hit very hard, and then some of you into the sinuses. That's actually quite literal. You're getting hit in the chin by it. It's affecting, it's affecting your facial area because you're getting caught in seduction. Sleep patterns, of course, we don't need to go too deep into that. You know what they're like. Seduction will wake you up in the middle of the night. You know, you know the difference between waking up in the middle of the night and feeling that you just woke up and feeling balanced and relatively good versus waking up in the middle of the night and feeling tired and worn out unfulfilled. Seduction energy is incomplete, unfulfilled. It is desirous, wants and needs, and it is empty at its core. It is so very empty. So it's all around, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to feel it. You know what's going on long before the other humans do. You know when you sit down with students two, five, ten years from now and are guiding them, you know exactly what's going on because you felt it. You're going to say, this is one who is really being affected by consciousness seduction because they are disoriented, they are confused, they are wandering aimlessly. They are being pulled here and they are being pulled there. The seduction comes through family members and people at work and the news and the internet, and it seduces. It's trying to go back, back. There's examples of it all around, examples of going back. This is part of the consciousness ping-pong effect we talked about earlier, a year of ping-pong, but also a year of incredible discovery. Watch the news. You're going to see it. we use a recent example, the elections in London. Now, we're going to a long discussion about the energies of London and England and its history, but it went from a very, how to say, more of a liberal mayor, now going back to a very, very conservative very, what do I say, a type of politician who is not so honoring of all people. It's, it's the energy. You see it wanting to go back, the people in London wanting to go back to some old ways. The seduction energy is all around. Let yourself feel it. You see, if you resist it, I'd like denying it. New Energy Chambre, person lets themselves feel everything. Now, some of you have felt that it's overwhelming. You felt it in your body. You definitely felt it in your mind and your thoughts. 
you felt it everywhere around you and you're saying, but I don't want to feel it anymore, Tobias. Enough of this. No, please feel it. Feel what it's like with that seduction, that emptiness, that, that, that nightmarish desire is there. It's real. It's real because it, the shift to new consciousness is creating a void. It's very real. So let's not run from it. Let's be with it. Let's understand and know why it's there. Let's understand that it's not about you. When it's not about you, that doesn't mean that suddenly your body stops hurting. It doesn't mean that suddenly your mind clears up, although they will. But understanding it's not about you is just understanding how to feel energies. And that's so important in the work we are going to do going forward. It's not about resisting. It's about understanding. There are things that you can do for yourself, but do not resist. Let yourself feel it. Oh, I know it's terrible. Some of you have gone through all sorts of chaos lately, but it's not about you. There are things you can do right now. Breathing. Always. Always. Now some of you say, oh yes, I breathe. I see you every once in a while when you're in trouble. You sit down and breathe for four and a half minutes and think it's going to solve it. Conscious breathing is a regular activity from the moment you get up in the morning. That first breath should be conscious. It is about choosing life. It is about choosing yourself. Water is very important right now to drink because water carries so much more and beyond its chemical compounds water is is an and it is a type of essence of consciousness it is also a wonderful way to cleanse and to flush out your body because you're still at the point where you're taking it into your body these feelings that's the first place because it's um, perhaps the crudest you feel it in your body first and that tells the rest of you that there's something else going on. Then you feel it in your mind. As you drink a lot of water, it helps flush the body out. Most of you are very dehydrated. Now you say, but I'm, I don't, I'm not thirsty. There's a difference between thirst and dehydration. With the very intense energy we're working in right now, there is a tendency to get dehydrated because you're going to need about four times the amount of water as a normal person does. Not that you're not normal, but <laughs> <laughs> this work in consciousness dehydrates. But your thirst doesn't always let you know. There are two different um, ways of processing information. Drink a lot of water. It tends to clear things out. Consciously create your own safe space on a regular basis. Safe space rebalances all of the energies of you and also the energies from the outside. Constantly, Shambhur, do that breathing. I go back to that over and over. It's such an important part. And then understand that it's not you, unless you want it to be.
You choose what do you want to be. And if you want to embody all of this seduction energy that's out there right now, then then you will, and it will be you. If you just want to feel it, you could do that also. And you're going to find that pretty soon you're going to transcend the feeling being physical or mental. It's where so many of the blocks are right now. You're taking it into your body because that's your feeling or sensory mechanism. And your body doesn't want it anymore. And you know that. It's telling you that. Or you take it into the mind and you process it there and you you doubt yourself there and you get stuck there. But at least it's letting you feel something. Because when your mind's all in a tangled mess, at least you know you're feeling. At least you know you're alive when your body's aching like hell. Shumber, we're going to go beyond taking feelings in the body and the mind. We want to do some um, special work with Shumber. Put it on the schedule, dear. Some. About being able to feel, being able to sense. Now, we're not talking emotion. Emotion is the result of seductive energy. That's why so many of you just went into irritability and blame this last month. Sound familiar? Hmm. Irritability and blame and emotional overwhelm because you're taking this seduction as your own. You're taking it in your body and your mind and your emotions. But what a brilliant way to learn that we can go beyond feeling at those very primitive levels. I'm going to ask. When's the workshop? <laughs> I'm going to ask Mr. Kaderka to play what was going to be the song of the break. It's called the Majestic Land, and we're going to call it the, this Majestic Space. And for six minutes, dear Shambra, we're going to sit here. I'm going to ask you to breathe. I'm going to ask you to go beyond feeling in your body. Your body has been taking enough abuse now from feeling. Go beyond your mind. We're going to do a type of, um, I don't want to say clearing, but we're going to let the body and the mind off the hook. I'm going to ask you to feel at the intuitive level. It's not in your mind. It's not in your body. Your intuitive feeling is at the core of you. Don't try to search for where it is. Don't go out on a little, um, um, how do you say, uh, um, quest here trying to find where where is it. It will make itself known to you. Intuitive feeling. When you no longer have to use your body or your mind anymore. During this next Six minutes of this song, I'm going to ask you to breathe and give your body and your mind permission to release having to sense feelings there. They've taken abuse. They've taken bashing. They've taken assaults. It's too hard on you physically. Mentally, it's wearing you down, and emotionally, it's debilitating to you. So we're going to learn how to feel at the intuitive, sacred level. There's a big difference. You're going to 
be amazed as you work with this tool, you're going to be amazed at the difference in feeling at this high consciousness level. Music, please. Breathing from Chambra. Give your body permission to let go of all these challenging feelings of seduction. Much better, Chambra. The feelings are going to intensify because consciousness is intensifying and changing right now. Old energy and old consciousness is being drawn into this new era, but it's creating a little vacuum for itself. It's creating an emptiness, and you're feeling it. That's all. It's not about you. Stop trying to resist the feelings. Stop trying to pretend that there's something wrong with you. Saint Germain passes this on. Said, I'm tired of hearing that as an excuse now. It's not about you. If you want to believe that, you need to try to go back. Try to go back to the old energy world. If you want to move forward, understand it's not about you. Time to stop taking it in your body. Feeling only with the physical or mental is primitive. Taking it in your body as a disease is selfish. Taking it in your mind as confusion is a great lie. We're going to continue to feel and to expand and to know a new form of consciousness, dear Chambra. We're not resisting the feeling. We're welcoming it in a new way. And so I will call this a landmark shout. So important to understand what's going on in the world. We'll continue to talk to you about what's going on and why it's not yours. And so it is.